know y'all making it real hard to record an opening to an episode when you're up there laughing while I'm trying to hold this black screen of silence for our opening scene. Hi, my name is Sean, and welcome to Avatar The Last Podcasters. I'm Sean. That's Jamie right there. And then this little bitty box Me. over here. There he is. There we go. That's Chris, the objective geek. And we're here today to talk to you about The Awakening, which is exciting because it is book three fire episode one episode 41 overall we're in the third trimester of this baby um was... <laughs> sorry did we stop doing puns it's a very <laughs> third third se season <laughs> and jamie funny is... enough my <laughs> you about to make an announcement right now oh my wife is in her second trimester but what oh. for real that's awesome did okay I, i'm very ignorant sometimes is this something you already posted on facebook and i just missed it no okay good i don't feel no. bad then all right congratulations that's awesome oh my god wow oh. this is so wow the awakening the unveiling of oh this. that's perfect yeah oh my goodness i did such a good segue that maybe wow. you'll forgive me for not reading yeah. your messages last week no, it was such a good segue i was like oh well this is too uh it's too good to not use <laughs> That was pretty perfect. Uh, congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you. Can you remind me, do you guys learn genders beforehand? Have you done that? Uh, uh, with your yes. I'm, I'm, one of, I'm one of those kids that I sneak look at the presents before Christmas, <laughs> and I peek at them. I, I got to know. Mine's sitting right outside the door, and it's killing me that I want really the present, not a child. <laughs> about, by the time this episode airs, uh, in a couple of days, we'll figure out what what that is awesome what well, it is what so. a merry little a merry christmas a little merry christmas present i don't know where i was going with it. um i'm and, so happy yeah well, cute costumes yeah your costume workload is going to get greater every time you have a child every time <laughs> that, that is true higher avatar gang what? oh he can have full team avatar that will be a lot of fun uh, <laughs> Or, I mean, just more Batman characters is also good. Either one you want to do. That's, that's true. Either. We we switch off year over year, usually. It's good to have alternating. <laughs> you don't want to go the same thing every year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't want to I don't want to project my things that I love onto my kids. <laughs> what? But, that's called kids. It's called nurturing, Chris. It's fine. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm kidding. My daughter my my daughter loves a lot of things that I love. Like we we play Legend of Zelda all night. The other day my wife was like Sometimes you seem like a little bit like you guys have a weird relationship. <laughs> Didn't talk about me and my daughter. Like, sometimes you seem like annoyed by her because like oh no, I guess you're tired from work or something. You don't feel like playing with games with her. And other times you guys seem like siblings because you're both playing games and talking about them and, and stuff. That's that adorable. Is, but that is the prime relationship. That's great. <laughs> but I mean. I'm, try I'm trying to think, I'm trying to be open-minded here, but I'm like, if I was little and my dad came home and he's like, you want to play Twilight Princess? I'd be like, yeah, every day, let's do this. Don't set this standard one day and then not do it the next day. Well, uh, congratulations, Chris. Thousands, yeah, millions, however many congratulations you want, you deserve them all. And also a happy new year. This is the happy, I don't know why I'm still wearing the stupid hat, sorry. Happy new year. And oh, it's because I have hat hair, that's why. 
we are excited because this is this is like the third year, not the third full year, but it is the third year during which we will have been doing the podcast, which is pretty exciting, uh -huh. in my humble opinion. What? I know, right? And oh, at the rate of 0.1 additional viewers per week, we are growing like a very small wildfire. <laughs> a little bigger every week. The... Just like two weeks ago, too, we were talking about how Chris hit a, a major milestone on his YouTube channel. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think that explains the the incremental YouTube channel growth explains the, the like, accidental podcast growth. They, like, trickle down to the podcast. And that explains the podcast growth. So thank you, Chris's viewers, for broadening your horizons and listening to our podcast. It's been a lot of fun. And we're really looking forward to season three, which is what brings us here today. Yes, uh, my favorite season. My favorite season, and unquestionably the best season. There's no need to have an episode about that. Absolutely. Because I know oh, what the right we, answer we is. We will. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm more in the firm believer that book two is the better book. But anyway. I have got there to get a so mute button for you people. <laughs> there is so much debate out there in the Avatar well, world. Which yeah. season is the best? And I, I don't understand because to me, season three has been in like indisputably the best one. But I'm, I'm going to hear your opinions. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about it one day. We will, yeah. we will. Jamie, I don't know how far caught up you are. We we touched on like some ideals, uh, maybe last week or the, or the week before, of like uh, I guess some precursor thoughts that I think are going to hold true. But it'll be a really fun big episode when we're done with the whole TV season with all three seasons and we'll set aside several hours and some popcorn. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> Excellent. In the meantime, we just get to look forward to the episode by episode breakdown of, of book three fire. And that is very exciting because there are some tremendous episodes. Not going to lie. This may or may not be one of them. <laughs> it's, 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 I, I'm curious in it because I went in thinking one thing right before I watched, and I think I came out thinking, uh, having a different opinion about it. But we'll we'll get into it. I yeah, fair enough. We'll get. Let's we'll start with some regular, some good old news and fake news. Happy New Year! I know it's a couple days late, but Happy New Year and start it off right. And just like the Christmas thing, I feel obligated to ask any any New Year's resolutions you need to share. If you put it here, you hold yourself accountable. If you say it on the internet, it's it's in stone. And you have to do it, so. Uh, I don't really have that many, you know, I'll do more videos that, you know, start, continue to do more videos that I really love, I guess. That's a fairly uh, resolution that is not all of that uh, impactful, honestly. <laughs> like, if I miss it, I'm not going to be like, It uh, impacts, no, it impacts um, me, Chris. And you've already <laughs> said it, you've agreed. Yeah, and okay. your trickle-down mm -hmm. podcast list. It does. <laughs> 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 My fame rests on the shoulder of videos that you love, Chris. <laughs> Mine's just, I, I don't believe in making resolutions that, like, like not temporary things. I only want things that you're going to do forever. Like, it's an opportunity to better yourself. So if you're not going to do it that way, then don't do it. So I'm going to say eat more vegetables because I never eat vegetables. <laughs> I, uh, ugh, gross. Mine's kind of similar. I'm trying to become a vegetarian, but I'm starting with, like, four days a week okay so i'm so we're in, we're in that transition gotcha. and my new year's resolution is to 
one eventually. Awesome. Well, I was gonna say, I just, I just always like the idea of uh, when you're making resolutions for those things. Like that's, it's about self betterment, not about like, hey, this year I just want to lose a little weight. It's like, no, I just improve yourself. Yeah. Improve yourself. Yeah. Vegetables. Ugh. You know what though? I do have a soft. I really like chicken. Uh, sorry, I know you're going vegetarian. Um, I really like chicken, and I have found that broccoli complements chicken extremely well. So I'm growing weirdly fond of broccoli for some reason. It's hard to say that out loud. Broccoli complements nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just because it never says nice things to you doesn't mean it doesn't compliment chicken, Chris. Wow. Uh, uh, That's pretty bad. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, Happy New Year. Make good resolutions. Better yourself in the long term. Blah, blah, blah. And we're here to kick it off right. What better way to start off a new year than with some of Chris's latest videos? Chris, what's, um, what's in the pipeline this right point, now? Uh, by this point, I should have a Sokka uh, Zuko uh, video essay about how they both grow through humility. Also, I really want to work on um, this episode about, not episode, this uh, video about the princess and the frog and the real meaning of that movie. Um, also, I'm going to come up with my best things, my best 19 things of 2019, like best movies, or my, my favorite movies, my favorite TV shows, uh, my favorite comics, books, all those things. Video game, uh, so man. I should have your favorite video out. game in there. I'm going to have a favorite video game of 2019. But you own a Switch? Yeah, I didn't buy anything new. Like, Le- I got Legend of Zelda, um, like, in 2018. You didn't get Link's Awakening? No. Oh, Chris, you need to get Link's Awakening. All right, never mind. It's fine. New Year's resolution. Get that. Get that's how you better yourself. Get new... <laughs> Is that all your? Sorry, did I interrupt? Is that your latest video? Oh, no. Oh, by this point, yeah, I just came out with a video. It just came out. This video has come out three weeks after that. I uh, just came out with a video uh, saying the top ten. Uh, moments of Watchmen series, which I think Watchmen is an absolute masterpiece. I think it is the best superhero story told since The Dark Knight. Everyone should watch that um, that, that series. And Sean can watch it because I'm sure he has my HBO Go password because he bums off of everybody. I was so confused. I thought it was the DC Universe password that I've been meaning to steal from you, but it turns out it's not. I can't. I can't find it for some reason. I don't know what my password is. So. You know what? Somebody somebody had a discussion with me today. They're like, you say you don't support these things, but you bum them off other people. And I was like, it sort of almost validates my point that like, I'll bum it off people to watch one thing and then forget the password and never log in again and not care whatsoever. So it's almost more validating. I will say I really enjoy Disney+. Plus. I'm considering getting it on my own because I thoroughly enjoy it, even though I hate supporting the giant Disney uh, <laughs> apocalypse machine. It, I do really like it. So if I had one one that I'm willing to break my mold for, that might be it. Uh, yeah, the one I was willing to break the mold for was I, I'll pay full price for HBO. HBO Max is going to come out real soon. And... Yes, I mean, I need. I obviously had to watch Watchmen along with all the other amazing shows on HBO. Uh, it's a good time. Most it's of good. HBO is way too adult for my tiny little brain, but I will admit <laughs> that I actually even liked the Watchmen movie. That I, I saw the Watchmen movie in theaters in college, so I almost never see movies in theaters, and I was in college, so I was broke. 
I still saw that one in theaters and thought pretty highly of it and have since read the graphic novel. And it's like one of the two graphic novels I've ever read and really like that as well. So I should. I know I will enjoy The Watchmen. I'm currently in the middle of rereading it. And it is, I'm, I'm just all Watchmen right now. I plan to read, finish reading Watchmen, watch the movie, and then um, this is this podcast episode from Binge Comics. They cover a lot. Of th- they're going to cover a lot of things about Watchmen. And then rewatch the series over. And I think I will finally be able to like end this loop of Watchmen and this go on with my life. Of watching Watchmen. Go all in. Just let it consume you. Yeah, why not? <laughs> now you understand the fangirl life. <laughs> you are officially a Watchmen fangirl. I hope you love it. <laughs> I think I think uh, Chris has has previously uh-huh. understood deep deep fanships with things. So this is not a new thing for him. I think he's gotten caught in a loop or two in in his previous oh, life. Yeah, I'm still in Avatar loop. Always been in an Avatar loop since um, probably uh, probably started two years ago. My daughter started watching it in college. I was in, definitely in an Avatar loop. It was Avatar Scrubs, ESPN. That was the loop. Those are so not random. Not bad, not bad. I I think Scrubs <laughs> is overrated, but I don't hate it. It's fine. You're overrated. I, that's well, no, Chris. You have to be visibly rated in order to be overrated. <laughs> and outside of you two and my wife, I don't think I have a rating of any type. <laughs> um, I actually have the Watchmen, the graphic novel, out there as a gift for somebody. Not you, Chris. Sorry. Very um, <laughs> good because I just bought it. <laughs> good. Oh, that actually makes me feel like I missed an opportunity to gift it to you. Uh, somebody, a good friend who is moving, uh, she gave it to me because she knows I was uh, into nerd things in general. And she gave it to me. It's like sealed. And I was like, I can't even open this because I don't have it in my heart. But I had another friend, perfect candidate. So there's literally a Watchmen graphic novel wrapped up under my tree out there. Oh, I hope he's not watching this. Ah, he would have opened it by now anyway. Yeah. And also, he doesn't like Avatar, so never mind. That was stupid. <laughs> That was a really good tangent, though. That was a anyway. solid tangent for a solid show. Go watch The Watchmen. Chris, <laughs> I'll ask you for your information later. <laughs> In the meantime, I think let's go ahead and get into the episode. Unless, Jamie, Jamie, do you have any projects you would like to plug? Because this is the um, perfect time. Um, Follow me on Twitter. It's wild. Awesome. <laughs> I, can actually, I can actually confirm that. She posts lots of stuff on Twitter. And sometimes I like to argue with it and be contrarian. But then to let her know that we're still friends, I still just hit the like button. I know. I appreciate it so much. All of my likes come from Sean just out here just <laughs> making comments on myself. Verbally contrarian, uh, but always hit the like button. <laughs> well, excellent. Yeah, go follow her on Twitter, and that's just at your first name, last name, right? Exactly. Okay, at Jamie it's Rindy, great. but that's yeah, J-I-I-M-E-E-R-I-N-D-Y. Exactly. Got it. Spelled somewhere. in the podcast i'm sure yeah oh we'll put it in the description of this one for sure and yeah well with that let's jump into the episode the awakening episode 41 overall uh, episode one oh i left book two earth in there man my editing skills went down the i know man get a new producer or something my (laughs) i wouldn't even blame you after today it's just been all downhill Okay, we'll just pretend this says book three, book three fire up here, episode 41. Um, okay, so uh, before we get to the episode, which it's Avatar related, Tristan, um, but as a person who watched the show while it aired, going into book three was like some of the most highly anticipated things in my life. Like, I remember watching the trailer for it and just so hyped. Like, the trailer, it's a great trailer, 
Like it shows little snippets really of the first half of the season. Like you see Aang with hair, you see Mei and Zuko kiss. Like there are just so many like jaw-dropping moments. Uh, if you go and watch, because they debuted it at a Comic-Con, if you go back and watch, uh, uh, you know, a reaction to it at Comic-Con, it just takes you back to that that time and just all the anticipation. And it's weird to think back to the time where I didn't watch the complete series of Avatar, but it takes me back to, to that being in my dorm room as a sophomore in, in college. For sure. Um, but uh, yeah. Even so it was just... It was just for the first time like you've come off of the finale of book two and I remember um I remember because I watched I think I binged it all the first time it was on Netflix at one point um mm-hmm. but I remember like taking like a deep breath after book two having to like sit down for a second for like I just put it away for a couple days or a week or whatever and be like okay like book three is like really crazy it's gonna be really intense it, I mean it just it starts off it's it goes right from the very first moment and it's just oh wow i get chills i love this i love so much book three is amazing i watched it all together in more of a modern binge after the fact so i didn't have any of that build build up or anticipation um if i'm not mistaken i even rolled from book two to book three in like the same night like one after the other Um, i know none of the same anticipation it's really lame uh but you know me (laughs) hashtag basic that's (laughs) Um, but I do remember thinking to myself, I was on the side for a while, at least that like, I thought Aang was legitimately dead and we were about to learn some new secret avatar power type of thing. Um, and so I was at least all the wheels were turning more than they had at any other point in the series. That's for sure. All right. Uh, starting off with book three, chapter one, the awakening. So Aang does wake up. He has hair. He doesn't even know he has hair at first. Um, he's really out of it. Like, you can tell he's out of it. He has bandages all over him. He's been hurt. He wakes up on a Fire Nation ship. He thinks the worst thing. He tries to attack people, and, like, it's just, like, a little gust of air. He tries to attack, I think it's Pipsqueak and the Duke. Um, oh, we didn't ship Pipsqueak last episode. Anyway, I have no idea. Oh, anyway. you're right. Um, yeah. <laughs> not important. We're done with um, We gotta move on. <laughs> you know what? Just, no, there'll be round two later, and we'll pick up the, the missed pieces. <laughs> All the characters we didn't get to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The koi anyway, fish and the realizes... serpent, everything. Doesn't matter. We'll get them all. <laughs> he, he realizes that, um, that he's on a financial ship and Sokka and everybody are disguised as financial people because um, that's how they've been surviving for like, I think he's been out maybe like three weeks or something, which is interesting enough, right? Because Sokka pretty much gives him the lowdown exposition wise. Um, he's like, yeah, we captured the ship. One thing they don't address, what happened to those crew people on the ship? Take the survivors. <laughs> they either kill them or they're their prisoners down there somewhere. Because you can't just let them go. They'll tell people about the ship. Yeah, it ain't going to be good. Maybe yeah. they like stole the ship from a scrapyard. Or the ship was harbored. Or I have no idea, actually. I'm just trying to cover it up. I, I remember <laughs> the rewatch when I watched this like really recently, like this past summer. The, the first time I saw this episode, I thought nothing of it. I was like, oh, that's clever. Like, they're on the Fire Nation ship. I remember on the rewatch being like, so much logistical stuff was just walked right over. <laughs> they were like, we're just here now. I just pictured Jamie, like, pulling her out. Like, this is a logistical nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I 
you stole this from them like where's the crew like <laughs> none of you were hurt like you well you had to get all the gear and everything i was just <laughs> it was just a lot um <laughs> uh, so uh ang is like really disgruntled um because he lost he lost at bossing say like he was there and saga tells him like oh the whole world thinks you're dead and and one thing saga wasn't uh saga could have been a little bit more sensitive <laughs> to, to that point and he saw it saw it as a win which i guess you should tactically see it as a win the fire nation doesn't and know Aang that does he just isn't quite alive. there yet yeah um ang is definitely in a mood like he feels like he he is Zuko for one episode, I think, <laughs> talking about honor and everything. Um, he's he's just lost. Like he doesn't want to listen to anybody at all. Big talk from a guy that hid in an iceberg for a hundred years. No, uh, which that's probably why it hits him harder, I suppose. Is like first time it's kind of my fault, but come on, like. <laughs> I think that it's it's interesting because Aang, this happens like kind of a couple times in the series, like. After Appa's stolen, he re- he goes into this like wild, uncontrollable mood as well, and he mm-hmm. often blames himself. Like he's he's always really really hard on himself, um, and we've seen that from the very beginning. Um, but definitely, I remember like watching this episode and being like, "Dude, chill! Like, <laughs> like we need we need to think things through right now. Like they're obviously in a low point as far as their like." tactical strategy goes things did not go the way that they wanted to with bossing say but they're in a really unique position and i think that Aang can't really see that because he's just so worked up and that's kind of a, a flaw of his throughout the show yeah real quick um i did notice so when uh hakoda and bato are talking to the other financial ship that comes by to, to talk to them I just noticed that that captain is voiced by Mark Hamill, which makes sense. They reused his voice nice. yeah. um, because he shows up later in this episode. I was listening to it today. I was like, who is he? Like, oh, yeah, that's that's Mark Hamill. Like, he just sounds yeah. like Luke Skywalker with a hinge of, of Joker in there. But, uh, my, I got a just real quick, too. Aang with, Aang with hair, not as good a look as Suko with hair. Oh, agreed. Not, not as good. Not good. Sorry, sorry, Aang. No offense, buddy. I know it's not your fault. I don't. I, it's like really impressive that Aang can like pull off just being bald. That's <laughs> his best. That's his go-to. Best to best suits yeah. him. Like, that is rare. That's very rare. Sorry, and I can't get my head out of the ship's mode because now I'm thinking, man, we didn't ship Hakoda or Bato. What are we thinking? I didn't. So I missed, <laughs> missed opportunities. Well, what do you uh. mean? Get them with each other. What are you saying? Uh, boom. Done. See? Problem solved. All right. I'm over it. <laughs> uh, so on the flip side of that, we also get a lot of exposition from um, the Zuko side. And I love this scene with, with Mai, even though we've talked about before how their relationship isn't the greatest. Um, but uh, Mai just comes up to him and is like, are you, aren't you cold? <laughs> and Zuko's like, I got a lot on my mind. <laughs> Will my father accept me? Will every... <laughs> he go <goes off. laughs> It's like, I haven't been back home for, I haven't been back home in three years. She's like, and you can just, if you just look at, focus on her while Zuko, like, you can just see her emotions changing on from like, uh, 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 and then she finally says, geez, I just asked you for code. I didn't want your whole life story. Like, <laughs> this is one of the moments that really just, I was just like, ah, I don't like them together. Like, why is it like this? 
again, we will learn in the comics things are a little different, but like, ah, this, I hate this. I hate this so much. I'm like, he is going through so much. Like, you can't, you can't even fathom what he's going through. And like, we, we should have called I, this the ships episode too, because I can't get my, now there's all these new things that I want to go back and say. <sighs> Whatever. Next yeah. time. No, not I mean, he, he, he is definitely going through a lot right now. Like, he is crossing into Fire Nation territory. He did not capture the Avatar. He is technically disobeying his father. Last time he disobeyed his father, he was burned and banished and everything. He is just completely unsure of everything. He's absolutely terrified. Yeah, and, like, I feel like she's expecting him to just be totally totally fine and i'm just uh ugh, no 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 <laughs> not a fan of any of this yeah she's gonna have to grow up a little bit if she wants this tiley thing to work out yeah exactly <laughs> gosh i can't believe i shipped that so so much more now the, the whole cheerleader god thing is, is, is just stuck in my head it's comedy crazy. gold yeah. um oh you know what it's like which, which I'm watching right now, and I think about the Ty Lee Azula relationship. It is so much like the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy relationship, um, especially if you watch um, the new Harley show on DC Universe. Like Harley is is like Ty Lee, right? She's, she's goofy, she, but she's just cranked that up all the way. And yeah. and Poison Ivy is just like way more melancholy, way more just kind of down. It is so much like that ship is it, they're so similar now that i think about it but the harley ivy ship like that's canon like they've had relationships that's before. A great ship we love it love it yeah so much better than the joker harley relationship which oh, i hate yeah. sometimes yeah. like if you ever look on facebook someone's like Ugh. oh two people gotta be crazy together this is uh relationship goals like you it's are not, insane yeah it's mind. not relationship goals at all no <laughs> that's a bad time no i'd rather be with poison <laughs> ivy any day Good choice, Harley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, anyway, we got off on that tangent. Well, that's um, a great tangent. So, <laughs> it's a good tangent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Zuko, uh, so they do deliver um, the uh, two twins. They deliver pretty much the exposition to all the crowd welcoming back the heroes, which is so interesting because you know history is often viewed from the eyes of, of the winner mm -hmm. um and here they're returning to their homeland as heroes um, right. also i want to point out their new armor looks amazing i love seeing it i think this is the only time we see zuko in the armor but we see azula in it um uh, for i think for pretty much the rest of the series uh, but it's just, it's just a nice change of, of of look for the new season yeah um, and zuko still zuko still just He's just so down. Like he's not even. He doesn't even look victorious. Like he's he's back home. Crowds cheering at him, and he's just looking down. This is like such a powerful moment. I uh, I, I can't get over how much I love this season, um, but this this moment really like brings it home that like yeah he does not feel at home here, even though this is his home because yeah he's still not confident. He knows he's harboring this <laughs> feeling that he did not complete what he set out to do. Um, and he's kind of coming home under false pretenses. And he's also just, the wheels are kind to, you know, they're turning as to whether or not he made the right decision. And obviously he goes through that 
question a lot in the first half of this season. Um, mm -hmm. It's really a very striking image visually, and we're really like inside Zuko's head in this moment, and it, it makes it makes me sad. It makes my heart hurt because mm -hmm. I love him so much. I just never want him to be sad. And that's like the majority of what you never want him to be sad. I, I never want him to be sad, and that's just important. how are you feeling about the uh, the all three seasons of the show when he's <laughs> he's just not doing well. <laughs> um, <laughs> you you have the hope. You're like it gets better. It's fine. You I know. Well, would it surprise spark. anybody to know that the second half of book three is my favorite part of the entire series? <laughs> You know what? We don't always agree on certain uh, not, things, but it's mine as well. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Yeah. Every, all the pieces start coming together, and it's very gratifying. I mean, that's pure Zuko being awkward around trying to make... He's never made friends before. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> but anyway, right now he's very sad. He is. He's, he's very sad. upset. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that leads into uh, the Fire Lord. He goes and visits him, and yeah, he's freaking out right now, which I'm going to commend this show so much that they have saved this moment of finally revealing the Fire Lord. And I'm going to crap on the movie because they're like, oh, here's the Fire Lord, and he does not yeah. seem menacing or anything. If you didn't know that was the Fire Lord, it's just like some random guy just passing by. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, he, but here they do it so masterfully. Like Zuko, they, they do such a good job. Zuko comes, he bends down, and he bows. Last time Zuko bowed down to his father is when his father struck him down. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and you see the ominous Fire Lord, right, just standing with his fire, shadowy figure, and he talks to him. And he finally comes down to him, finally comes through the fire, and it's revealed that he doesn't look as menacing as, as you think he might look. Like, we've been imagining how the Fire Lord looks since season one. And now it's like, actually, he's like, you know, a, I, I would say a charming-looking guy. He doesn't look that threatening. Sure, he looks powerful, right? But he doesn't look like the evil big bad villain that you're expecting, uh, which that says a lot about, um, about expectations and everything. Um, and then this, this whole conversation here of, of, of Ozai finally giving Zuko what he wants. Like, how many times does he say he's so proud of Zuko for doing this and doing that? And when your uncle, when your treacherous uncle tried to sway you, you captured the traitor. Um, and, I'm, and I'm most proud for your greatest achievement. You slayed the Avatar, um, which is just Azula just playing the freaking Game of Thrones. Like, it's <laughs> This is like so. I remember seeing this for the first time, and my jaw like dropped. I was like, I, you know, just when you start to feel like maybe Zuko's gonna <laughs> gonna walk away with, <laughs> from all of yeah. this, like you think he's gonna be in the clear, and then no, this like honestly is like a bombshell dropped, and and you can just you can feel Zuko is just kind of like like his heart is dropping too, like. This he's, is the, back for one, honestly. This is the episode in which, so up to this point, I have some issues with Azula in the sense of like, 
sometimes it feels like she's a little too overpowered too soon and she's always kind of hashtag extra or whatever uh, but I think this episode is at least in this rewatch I won't try to remember my initial feelings but in this rewatch where my uh, fondness for her turns a corner in sort of a very clever crafty evil maniacal political way like I don't know there's more more to her in a deep thoughtful way even if it's an evil way this is the first episode right on my rewatch here that I feel that feeling for her I I think that I knew like I've always thought she was super brilliant and even like our first introduction to her she pulls some crazy crap with the the guy on the boat (laughs) See, um, I hated that. I thought that was so corny. No, I love, I, I love it so much. No, it's, it's really corny ship. and it's, it's overdone. It's a boss. It's when, so, like it. here, she feels here. It feels more like genuine, it's crafty, clever, and not a yeah. showy clever. It feels think, way more yeah. under the table, mean, not I think it's overdone. Insane. Yeah, because in in one like it is like you're saying, it's kind of like under the table. It's much more crafty. But in another sense, this is like one of the most. This is the most cruel thing that we've seen her do. I think. Yeah. Until, Game I think, of Thrones think, is the best way to describe it. Or like chess, like she saw a few yeah. moves ahead. Yeah, and I mean, like we see her do some some terrible things later on in the season, but this is is really like, I just I'm I just remember her being like, I'm, "You are heartless. You are cold." Like she just does not care what happens to Zuko. Like she. She could watch him die, and she probably would not bat an eye at this point, anyways. Like, yeah, this, and, and, it's, and it's really interesting for bait. And it's really interesting when Zuko goes and visits her. One thing I think the dynamic here, the visual dynamic, is interesting because Zuko is like all armored up, right? You have armor on, you feel like you're protected, you're ready to go to war. She's just sleeping in her bed, like yeah. hair down. Which, by the way, hair down. Well, it's not even hair down, but different hair style Zula. Great. Uh, design <laughs> great great look there yeah um it it really made her more more of a human also she doesn't have makeup usually she's always wearing makeup mm-hmm. um but like when Zuko comes right into the room he's like why did you do it what and then before she even opens her eyes you can tell she has a smile on her face of just like I don't know what you're talking what are you got to be more specific on what you're talking about yeah. like she's not even fully engaging with him in a conversation yet yet Zuko's already like way up here he's already this agitated and she's yeah. just even kill I think I think it does kind of put into perspective again how much Zuko is trying to to exist in this place that he does not belong and how just comfortable Zula mm-hmm. is in it and it, like it's it's hard, like, it, it's hard to watch Zuko in these moments, because you know, like, even as an audience viewer, and I think even young viewers, like, even children know that he is losing this battle of wits with Azula, and like you're saying, she's not even trying. So, <laughs> whew, yikes. It is funny, because I do, the thing about, the thing about telling a lie, right, or the thing about manipulating, manipulation, is that there's a hint of believability and there's a hint of truth, like, when she tells her, like, and she tells him, like, oh, you know what? You were so worried about father and everything that I decided to help you out. Like, here. Like, yeah, he actually probably did, could have used that help. He's but also she used that for her benefit. It. Yeah. No, it's 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 brilliant. It's brilliant and it's evil because what the way that she says it, too, is she's like, hey, like, I'm helping you out. Like, like 
she knows that if it, either way, whichever way it does go, whether or not Zuko actually does accomplish this <laughs> new old task, um, it's going to work out in her favor. Um, yeah. So the way that she positioned her is in a total win situation and it heavily relies on Zuko and like Zuko losing, you know, whether or not he actually achieves the goal or not, she's still in a good place, which is why she is playing the game of Thrones and mm-hmm. dang, she could, she could take all of Westeros, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, she would destroy. She would destroy. I would, yeah. She would destroy Westeros, like especially Cersei. Anyway, not, <laughs> um, so that's that. Pretty much, kind of ends the the Fire Nation side of this episode. Uh, on the other side of it, Aang is feeling uh, like like he's lost his honor, and he runs away. I think, and it's not clear where he's running away to. And I don't think it's supposed to be clear. Like he's just trying to get out there again. Um, and there, and here comes the moment that I love most in this episode. Uh, Katara realizes that Aang has run away. And she goes to her father, and Mae Whitman, the voice actress, if you don't know who Mae Whitman is, she's always also in Parenthood. Um, she was in a lot of, lots of other things. Um, but she does, I think her, she gives her best performance, I think, in this scene with her father. She's like, Aang's run away. Um, you know, he has this foolish idea that he needs to take on all responsibility by himself. And then her father's like, maybe this is his way of being brave. And she's like, no, it's not being brave. It's dumb. Like, doesn't he know that that he needs us, that we need him. And then she's, you know, his father's like, you're talking about me too. And then she kind of breaks down at this moment of like, mm-hmm. like we know what you had to do was was right, but but didn't you, um, but, we, but we needed you. And this is one of those things of just like, this is the casualties of war. This is what war does to right. families. Like no one is wrong here, but she has this, it's not even misguided, misguided anger her father it's it's rightful anger but what was he supposed to do like he he had to go do that i think like i i see this moment so differently um over the years like at first i remember being like really kind of thrown off by this because it kind of felt like this was coming out of nowhere for katara where i was like how i mean her father's been gone for a really long time and they kind of they they kind of get him back right now, but it's kind of clear that they're not gonna that he's not gonna be with them for the entirety of the season, and it's kind of like this little like okay we we don't really know what's gonna happen here, but at first I thought this really came out of nowhere because I was like wouldn't Katara have like bigger things to be concerned about? But then like kind of what you're saying about the casualties of war and sometimes it just comes, you know, in waves these like these you know, piled up bits of emotion that she just has to, like, let out, and and now she's she's feeling some sort of similarity between Aang and her father. Um, and yeah, no, it's a powerful moment, for sure, and you kind of just realize that, hey, she's a kid, and they're all mm-hmm. kids, and that's, you know, and she just yeah. wanted her father to be safe, she just wants Aang to be safe. Um, yeah. and, it's, and then Hakoda, and Hakoda holding her, gives something so bad, he's like, Every night, I would stay up and think about you guys, and I, I would think about you guys so much that it would ache. Like, that's some deep father love right there. For sure. For sure. Yeah. They're greatly written. I don't know. I got to see who, who wrote these episodes, 
Um, I do know Giancarlo Volpe, friend of the show, not really, uh, but he directed this episode. <laughs> he is he is if we say it with enough conviction. <laughs> friend of the episode, yeah, no question. Yeah, totally. Someday he'll join us. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> get him on. Maybe one, yeah, maybe one day I get I can try and get him on. He's working on the Dragon Prince. He's working on something for Nickelodeon again, though, is what I read, which is, it makes me think he might come off the Dragon Prince. Anyway, um, but yeah, so just great, great written stuff there. Yes. Uh, you have anything else to add on there, Sean? About no. uh, Katara's a- hatred and not hatred, just anger towards her father. Uh, I don't know about the anger towards the father, but I think in general I really like the parallels between uh, you know Aang feeling alone and forsaken when he ran away a hundred years ago, and then he runs away this time. Uh, but obviously yeah. he is is captured, essentially he's found and, and forcibly reminded that he is not alone and that they have a responsibility to each other. Actually, Sean, that's a great point that you bring up about the parallels because just as Aang tries to run away um, as he did the first time and he ended up in the iceberg. For different um, reasons, but still running away. But yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is that he he was turning away from the people that were going to help him um, rather than kind of letting them help him. Mm-hmm. Um but that is also paralleled with Zuko in this episode, who kind of finds himself in the very situation that started his journey as well. So this opening episode has these two characters who are always mirrors of each other. They've, they're consistently framed as mirrors they're of parallels each other. of parallels. Exactly. We just have parallels Par- on top of parallelception. And I think it's really interesting because obviously... We know how season three ends. We know where it goes. But looking at this first episode, these two characters make the same decision, or they're forced in the same. They're forced to do the same thing that they once had to do and made the wrong choice. And now the question is, what choice they're going to make, and how it's going to play out differently. So, good catch there, Sean. We love parallels. I love them so much. I want all, the All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a bone here, Jamie, and mention a parallel between Zuko and Katara. Um, yeah. So it's oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting enough, right? So right before um, Katara has a conversation with her dad in the episode, Zuko has his first conversation with his dad, and it's mm-hmm. been I think like three years since he saw him, and then directly the scene after that is Katara confronting her father, um, mm-hmm. and both of them haven't seen their father in probably two or three years um, each, and it's interesting how differently they approach each yeah. other, how differently those fathers are. The contrast for sure, um, but yeah, that's definitely, that's a really important parallel too. This episode is actually really, really brilliant, and I think it's kind of funny because it almost flies under the radar, but like it's really, really, really strong. It definitely does yeah. for me, but we'll we'll talk about that more when we get to the ratings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So the episode ends with Aang running away. Um, he gets on his glider. Glider's broken. And everything gets on a, a raft thingy. Rafts over whatever. That breaks, and he feels like he's he's like I've I've failed. Like I failed. And then Roku appears. Roku pretty much admits like, Hey, man, this is all my fault. And, and this was like the first time I was like, damn, Roku. Why? Well, at first I was like, Roku, why do you think that? I mean, you vanished, right? 
And later we learn, like, Roku, this is all your freaking fault, man. Yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> but props to Roku for at least, like, owning up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to put all this on a 12-year-old. He's going to be like, oh, well, some of it might have been my fault. <laughs> and, then, and then we get another glimpse of UA who who helps him. And she guides the the waves to get him to, to shore. Which at first I was like, why couldn't Roku just help? Which he couldn't, because Aang couldn't access the Avatar state that would have been impossible. So it was nice seeing UA again. Yeah, it was a nice tie-in. Nice. Yeah. I wanted Aang ever tell Sokka that. But he saw UA. He didn't want to make Sokka jealous. That... Uh, <laughs> I saw your dead girlfriend. See? That doesn't sound <laughs> good at all. Yeah, he'll, he'll be like, well... Did, did she say something about me? Did she? She's like, no, she, she didn't. She yeah, just said she made I have to save talk. the world. <laughs> yeah, see, it would have just, brought up, it just come from a bad place. It's it's not good. <laughs> um, and that is essentially. So then he ends up on the island. He falls asleep somewhere. They uh, reunite with him, and they all are like, "Hey, we're gonna go and do this together." So Aang gets over his initial, uh, his, his initial ang- anger and frustration with himself, which might be a little bit too quick, especially oh, going into the next episode, which is just like super, super kind of whack, more okay. wacky. Yeah, <laughs> compared it's to this. from the mood for sure. But what about that yeah. epic closing shot when he leaves? Oh the- yeah, yeah. Forget about that. The thing about this episode is that. It's, it's really weird because it's the first episode of the season, but I think this episode feels a lot more epic. Like you can hear, it, and I'll get more into, it, but you can hear it in in the themes and the theme songs and everything, um, yeah. especially compared to the Nets episode. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. This, so this ends with with him leaving his glider. Um, yeah, and, and, it, and it burns in the volcano. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is in there and torches. Yeah, he definitely. This is actually really interesting to me because this is the moment that he actually does willingly give up his identity, which he has kept like very, very close to him throughout the entire show. In fact, there are a lot of times during the show when I was like, would you really just come out and say that you're the Avatar? Like, maybe we should just like, keep that under wraps. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe put out feelers first. Like, um, hey, how do you guys feel about the Avatar in general? What's his approval rating? <laughs> I hear he's pretty cool. He's yeah. a good guy. <laughs> um, so I'm really just waiting for someone on one of these Facebook groups to 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 like share a video of mine, which it hasn't happened yet. Which that's a little bit thinking too highly of myself. But like someone might be like, "Oh, well, you know, the thing I don't like about Objective Geek is this and this." Like I'm be like, "You know what? I think he's a pretty cool guy. He seems like a, uh... Chris. You Chris, <laughs> you point me in the right direction. I'll make it happen for you. Okay. Um. Uh, okay. <laughs> um but yeah, no, like, Aang has kept that, he is so adamant about his identity, he, he's so proud of it, he's so accepting of it, and he, and he owns that title of the Avatar, um, and this is the first time that he willingly gives all of that up, not only his title of the Avatar, but also his airbender status, his culture, he, he gives that away, um, and I think it is kind of the the turn that he needs to make because it kind of moves his mind from, Hey, this is no longer, this is not all about me right now. 
this is a group effort. It's going to take all of us to win this war. Um, which I think is a huge theme in the third season in book three. It's about the teamwork and how they're going to have to come together and all of them um, will play a part in the, the finale. So yeah, that's a big moment. I love this moment. Um, but then you're right. It's things, things take a turn for the weird in the episode immediately. So there's that. But, but it ends on a really epic high note, I think, or like a very ominous note. I'm not even sure if it's like exciting, if it's just like, Oh, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, way way more ominous. Yeah. All right, so yeah, so that is the episode. On to ratings. I'll try to do it real quick. Um, audio visual. I'm surprised, that, but honestly, I went to this episode being like, oh, you know, this episode's okay. Uh, but looking at the audio visual, I think Jeremy Zuckerman really stepped up his game here with the score. Like it was done so well, as if this wasn't the first episode, and. This grade really got raised up mostly because of the voice acting by Mae Whitman in that scene. So it gets a nine out of 10 there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for story eight, it's a, it's a good jumping off point for the news for the next season. Um, there's a lot of great character moments here, I think for Zuko and for uh, Tara and not as much with the Aang really. I mean, I buy what he's going through, uh, but to me it just didn't fit as hard, but still good, good story here, eight. Uh, the memorable gets eight and a half. I think this is kind of memorable just because this is the first time we see Fire Lord Ozai's face. And also, again, I just really always cling on to that moment of uh, with Katara, with her father. So that gets an eight and a half. Brings the score to an 8.4 out of 10. I don't get the same stuff out of this episode. Uh, it's... <laughs> I think it's it's just the sort of the the epitome of the types of episodes that I don't like as much. Uh, we talk about time and time again where this is more like a big picture episode. Um, it's very flat and not that not flat in an interesting in an uninteresting way, but it's a sort of the whole episode is a sort of dramatic tension, and I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like that at all. I don't like that in my episodes. I like gratification uh, in in indivi- independent stories. So. Anyway, audiovisual, it's a thing I think of, the ending scene with the uh, with the glider kind of catching up in flames. Um, that's pretty cool. I didn't pay enough attention to the score. I could be missing something important there, and I should pay better attention. Story 7.5, it's it's interesting enough story to to see Zuko go home, and we talked about all these parallels lining up and, and going through all these emotions and guitar and all that. Uh, fine, 7.5. Memorable. I remember seeing uh, I remember seeing Ozai's face. Again, I remember like the certain imagery of uh, seeing Roku and Iwe and the glider catching on fire. So there are certain things that stick out to me. All in all, it comes out to a pretty, uh, I don't want to say respectable, but it's, it's above average at a 7.8. Jamie, what do you think? Where are you, where are you feeling on this? Yeah, so this is also kind of like Chris. I went into this episode rewatch thinking like I don't actually remember this and like nothing important. But then I was like, oh wait, <laughs> this is actually like really important. And um and yeah, the audio visual was really strong. Um, that being said, I think just the way that this episode sits, it kind of it feels a little weird because it really is just. <laughs> inciting incident of a bunch of future stories it's not really its own story um and also i think it gets weighed down by the next episode that's probably (laughs) fair yeah that's probably fair 
Yeah, so I think there's, like, just issues with the tone there, and, like, I don't know what is going on with Aang for, like, the first five episodes <laughs> of this season. So, yeah, there's that. Um, so that, all that being said, I feel like my scores are going to look lower than I actually feel about this episode, but that's just because this season is so strong. Um, AV, I give it an eight. I think, um, there's a lot of really interesting scenes and what they do with the style, um, especially like the Fire Nation, the look of the Fire Nation actually being there. I thought that was really, really cool. And, um, yeah. And yeah, all of Zuko, everything that they do with him. I think he's really cool, as always. Who's surprised? Um, story, I gave a seven because, again, I think parts of it are super important, but it doesn't stand. It's not. It's not standalone. It doesn't stand alone in any way, really. Um, and also, I'm a, I'm a little weighed down by kind of the jarring, um, the the kind of unexplained um, stuff that happens with Aang in this episode. I feel like this it really comes out of nowhere, but anyways. And memorable, um, I give this a six because I remember Zuko in the palace and I remember Aang throwing his glider away. Um, and that's kind of what stands out to me about this episode. So um, all in all, I don't know. What is that? Somewhere it's in probably the seven. an average of seven. It's yeah. seven. Yeah. Seven-ish, give or take. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> divisive episode. Probably like seven it is a divisive. It is a divisive episode. But I would say that nobody would argue that it's not important or insightful um, to right. the bigger picture, at least, uh, or and at I least a nice like expositional opening to the third season. It, I think it still fits that mold, no matter how you feel about it. And I don't necessarily disagree with you know all the points you guys made because, like I said, I went to this episode like, ah oh, man, like I feel like I was gonna watch it. Um, I was like, oh, you know, I could probably still go ahead and, and figure out my ranking here. Like, it'll probably be like a seven average, like a seven point five or something. And then, for some reason, I just noticed so many other things that I just really loved about it. Um, so I don't, I don't knock you guys' uh, scores yeah. at all. As usual, yeah. you and Jamie watched something and you and you grew in the process, and I didn't. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. Yeah. I feel like my, I, I feel like my rating should be higher. But that being said, I actually don't want to give it anything higher because there are some, there are tens in this season and those are really hard to come by for me. Like I just, I, I very rarely actually have like a 10 out of 10 episode and there are several. I, would, so yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to give out <laughs> too many high scores when there are truly episodes that deserve that rating. I feel like seven is almost generous, to be honest. But it's a it's a good, solid episode. A lot of important things happen. I feel like I'd go back and I should pay better attention. Usually, I'm, I'd I'd say I'm pretty good at paying attention to things like animation style or the score. And for this episode, for whatever reason, it didn't catch my attention. But maybe there was more to him than I was given credit for. So it'd be the one I would maybe most likely to change if I went back and paid more attention. Mm. It happens. Uh. Hey, how about any any final thoughts on this episode? Are you getting psyched for season three? Chris is coming out swinging. He loves this episode. Obviously, he's going to love the rest of the season more than season two. I would say this season, I'm really interested to, to get Jamie on, on a couple of these episodes because it, it can be fairly, 
devices. I'm yeah, and the of. next one Especially is the beach. It, the next one hits a low for me. The beach, obviously, among our group, were very divisive. I, I think. I can't believe yeah. you don't like the beach. Like, oh, that's I hate I never, it I never said so I don't. much. I know. I can't believe that Sean does. But it, but it goes against <laughs> everything. It's but... think of it like uh, kind of compared to this episode. It fits the same mold of. It goes against all of the things that I typically prefer it's, in an episode. It just it doesn't do any of this. There's that. It's a standalone. No, it doesn't. It doesn't stand. It doesn't. If what? you, if <laughs> it's it's only exists to be like exposition for the larger story. That's it. And the standalone story included in it is is boring. It, it only exists as exposition wow. for everything else. Wow. Oh, will be a fun debate. Oh, okay. Well, I, how many episodes out is that? Maybe we should plot and schedule a little bit to get, get Jamie on that one. Because that'd be a fun one to, that'd be a fun one to talk I, about. I was never, whether or not you guys were allowing three? me to come for that episode. It's not very far in. Yeah, it's just a couple episodes. <laughs> I think it's episode three. Um, I was back into your podcast call whether or not you asked me to be on that episode. <laughs> You'll be able to see when we're both active on a Friday night at like, <laughs> 12 in the morning well saturday morning and then uh you'll just jump on a video call no uh plot, plot out your schedule i think that's probably on the next round of of recording maybe um, and that'll be a fun one to talk about and I, I recognize what it brings to people but it doesn't i could i i don't skip episodes because doing that would kill me but if i were going to skip episodes i would skip the uh the one that we hate in the first season and the beach would, those are the two that I'd kick out immediately. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> Suck awesome. it. Suck it, Chad. Oh. oh, gosh. The beach isn't. Okay, so the beach isn't until episode five, actually. I was oh, okay, so it's a couple off. Well, yeah. that's good. Jamie needs some time away from us to gather her thoughts and think yeah. rationally again. We'll probably uh, review. So, probably review the headband and the painted lady in, in the same. Or. At the same time, yeah, um, and then Sokka's master and the beach. So those Ooh. are some strong episodes, man. I do. Uh, I love Sokka's master. Sokka's that one's good. Painted great. Lady. I feel like that one will come out a little average, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. N next yeah. one, I'm not a huge fan of at all. Who, I don't. Uh, think F Y F Y I. Uh, Aaron Ehas wrote The Awakening. So. Oh yeah, strong, strong. And, uh, good work, Aaron. Basically, friend of the show, Aaron. Katie Matilla. I don't know. I don't know who Katie Matilla is. She wrote the beach. Ugh. No wonder it sticks out like a sore thumb. They, they, they might have gotten somebody different to do that episode because it is so totally different and it's just really off the wall for the rest of the format of the show. Guys, um, we don't want to write this one. Can we outsource this to like a cheap third party? Except she she didn't looks like she did not write any other episodes <laughs> in, in book three at least. <laughs> oh okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. I won't. But, com like but come on. They no, they were like, we don't know how to write this story that's not about the story that we're directly telling. Yeah. We need someone to get we need a new fresh perspective for these characters. Ooh, ooh, no, this is what happened. They thought they had 20 episodes. They got to the end. They only had 19 and like, guys, we need another episode. Like, what do we do? I've got a pointless idea. Let's plug it in here. -ish. I can't wait to tell you how wrong you are. I can't wait to be told. <laughs> Listen, I'm not about to give zeros on this podcast, but I'll toss out some fives. Like, you ain't gonna scare me. 
I'll, I'll toss out an F grade. I, I feel like you oh. completely oh, uh, She also, so, so far, Kitty Matilla has only written the Tell of Zuko and the Tales of Bossing say. So she's also think... responsible for that? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. I actually, I like, I like that little story. I like it. Oh, I'm dying. And I can't. <laughs> I'm sure. Find. I'm sure she's a. I'm sure she's a beautiful person and a great writer. But you've just sure listed off some of my least favorite works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's great, and she contributed to my favorite show, and that is merit worthy in its own right. Thank you, Katie person <laughs> whose name I can't pronounce or remember. Katie Matilla. Katie Matilla. That one. Yep. Yeah. That's what I said. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just how I said it. Um, well, I don't really hey, want to listen to commentary. Anyway, we no, it's this is good. This is great build up. We'll get Jamie back on in <laughs> in a few weeks, and we'll have we will have an argument that will easily be more interesting than the episode that we're talking about. So come back and join us for that. Also, <laughs> come back and join us for the stuff in between where we'll talk about episodes two, three, and four naturally. In the meantime, uh, thank you very much, Jamie, for joining us tonight. It's Thank always you. a pleasure to have you back, especially to talk about such divisive, uh, not that this one is particularly dramatic, but divisive, interesting episodes. And for last week's episode, which was a whole lot of fun. Oh, so, boy. Oh, that was that's... a time. I can't wait to go back and rewatch. That was a lot of fun. And to see all the things I missed and all the ships that we missed out on, all the ships we <laughs> skipped. Um, We're still sailing ships out here. We have a whole fleet. We did. We got to start taking notes for round two. It's going to be fun. I gotta be honest, way more fun than I thought it'd be. I'm not a huge ships person, but I really took a lot away from that episode in a number oh. of ways. So it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, happy new year, Jamie. Thanks for being here, Chris. Thanks as always for being here and sharing your channel. And that's all I got to say. You guys got any closing thoughts? No. No. Awesome. Bye. Just how I like it. See you guys next time. Bye. Hand wave. <laughs> <laughs>